And also, like, has Auden and her mom never seen Legally Blonde? Like, hello. But we love an office that is fully decorated in pink. Yes, we do. We really do. <laughs> we do. Michael Han, we can attest to that because she is kind of in her her pink office, her home office. But still, there's a lot of internalized misogyny that we have to unpack in this week's episode. Yeah. A lot. <clears throat> yeah. Auden is whew, the thing she's thinking about women right now. But I can't blame her because she learned it from someone, her, her mother and society. But we'll get into that. First things first, I'm Bethany, of course. <laughs> With me, as always, is Michael Ann. Michael Ann, how are you? How did you? We we all had a little storm that we had to weather this week, both uh, metaphorically and literally. <laughs> um, well, the, the literal storm was barely anything here. I guess downtown Charleston got hit pretty hard and was like super flooded, but I'm like 45 minutes outside of Charleston. So all I had was like a pretty strong rainstorm. And then by the next day, it was like beautiful out. And as far as my metaphorical storm, (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. It's going. (laughs) Why are dogs getting cancer so often? Like, what is that? I know. Like, where is that coming from? It's not my dog. Disclaimer. Um, I fostered yeah. a dog. They're both good. Thank you. Yes, I fostered a, a sweet little boy named Rocky about four years ago. Um, he had a really tough life. He got adopted for four years and that family decided that they were all set and they didn't want to deal with him anymore. So I worked tirelessly to try to get him adopted over the last um, like eight months or whatever. And my friend Kiana adopted him and he's been really happy and thriving, but she found out last night that he does have a tumor on his leg and it is cancerous so it's a huge bummer but i mean we're just hoping for the best yeah yeah that is i i would like to give some love to rocky right now and i hope that he is okay that's always very sad news my poor little luna had a little emergency vet visit thankfully nothing as serious as that just a, just a little pancreatitis. <laughs> just, she just a little. Uh, she's an old lady now, so anytime she gets sick, it's very worrisome. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, she is on the mend. She is back to her normal, bouncy self, and we are very happy to see it because she is my little my little light of my life, and I tell her all the time that she has to, like, break Guinness World Records yeah. for the oldest Yorkie alive because I refuse to live without her. So <laughs> she she just has to keep on chugging along because she's the my last 12 years been my bestie friend and I love her dearly and I can't imagine 12 years. I can't imagine her not being here. So 12 years is here's hoping. a blessing for sure. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely thankfully Yorkies do have pretty good lifespans. Yes. Um but yeah she's definitely at this point a senior dog. You wouldn't know it if you ever met her. 
everyone tells me all the time, no, what? She's 12. She'll be 13, actually, in December. Taylor Swift's lucky number. So hopefully her 13th year is her best year yet. Let's let's all just cross our fingers for that. Um, yeah, it's been a weird week, y'all. It's yes. uh, not to – we already brought up dogs with cancer, so not to be, like, of such a downer at the top of the episode. But obviously it's weird. I feel like we're weirdly UNC adjacent <laughs> in this podcast. Yes. As people who cover Sarah Dessen, who lives in Chapel Hill – uh, obviously, oh, yes. she's one of the many famous UNC alum and um, uh, taught for a, a time at UNC. And the, the UNC community has been through a bit this week. Um, one of my dear friends works at the university, and I was very worried about her when I heard the news of the shooting um, on campus. And thankfully, she is okay. Um, yeah, it's just been weird. I am friends with a lot of people who went to UNC because two of my very good friends went there. So I made, a, you know, I always say that UF is my alma mater. The University of North Carolina is my honorary alma mater. Um, I spent half of my good college memories are, are in Chapel Hill. So um, it's very sad news to see that. And I don't want to get in a whole gun control debate because let me tell you, Michael Ann and I could go on about that. But just, yep. Boy, could we go on about that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just sad. It's just been a weird, sad yeah. week. And yeah, we're obviously thinking of everyone in Chapel Hill. And um, and the Daily Tar Heel just absolutely blowing up with their amazing thing. And I just want to throw out that uh, student journalism is journalism. And I'm really proud of them. And that's awesome. And I'm so sad that it took something like this for a student newspaper to get recognition. I wish that they could have. I, I follow them on Instagram. I followed them for years because a friend of mine used to uh, work there. She used to be part of the DTH. And um so I still follow them to the stand Instagram for some reason. And anyways, they were just like, hey, like we wanted to do like this week was like our first week of football. And we had this whole football coverage planned. And instead we had to talk about this. And I was like, yeah, it's bullshit. You should you're you're a university <laughs> like you're, you know, like 18 to 22 year olds. And you should be able to talk about the big football game this Saturday and not terrible stuff like uh, gun control. So um, and and terrible tragedies. So anyways, with my soapbox preaching aside, just wanted to I felt weird if mm-hmm. we didn't mention it considering yeah. <laughs> um that we cover Sarah Dessen uh and we recently went to Chapel Hill and had such a lovely time this past July so yeah it's a lovely community it's a lovely university and um I don't want to say thoughts and prayers because that's a very hokey politician thing to say but we're thinking of them and giving them lots of love yes yep ah! <laughs> anyway yeah, again we could we could we don't want to have you all have to wait another 40 minutes, especially on like a downer. It's fun when we do 40 minute rants about things that are fun, but not sad things. So we yeah. won't go down that path. But yeah, we both made it through a storm this week. Both, like I said, literally and metaphorically, uh, my, I've been on like this weird six day unplanned vacation because my office closed down because we had a storm coming through. I was joking around and I, I want to preface this by saying you will not meet a person who is more afraid of storms than I. Like, I am the biggest baby. Like, a thunderstorm scares me. And I was born and raised in Florida, okay? I lived in Florida for over 30 years. And my dad was always like, this is not the place for you, my dude. Like, you are so scared of storms. And I'm like, I know. Um, I mean, I'm definitely afraid of storms. Like, I take hurricanes very seriously. I think that's just, like, a respect thing, honestly. Like, you should respect Mother Nature, you know? Climate change is real. Um, but, uh, as I respect to Mother Nature and and storms, I take hurricanes very seriously. I take you know the the threat of tornadoes and and anything like that very very seriously. But it was very funny to me this week living in Georgia. This is my first storm that I've experienced in Georgia, and we weren't getting like a direct hit. 
Um, we were kind of, it was going to hit Florida first and then come up through, you know, as they say, the low country. So about where I live and then where Michael Ann lives. And I never knew that that's what this area was called until I moved here. And thanks to that Netflix documentary about those murderers. But anyways, uh, I was like, oh, okay. Like the little bits of the, the low country of South Carolina. Um, Anywho, so I was going to move through us. And I was cracking up at work, though, listening to people. Because, like, to me, I was like, oh, we're getting a tropical storm. Like, tropical storms aren't that big of a deal. Like, yes, you have the threat of power outages and flooding and tornadoes. And, again, I'm terrified of tornadoes. So, like, yeah, thank you. But growing up in Florida, like, a tropical storm is, like, a blip on the radar. Yeah. No one's shutting down schools. No one's, like, no one's closing anything. Disney World is still operating. Like, it's not. Like, until it gets, like, to a Hurricane 3, like, people don't, like, Category 3 people don't take it seriously. So people, like, freaking out about a tropical storm here. I was like, my time has come. <laughs> my whole life, I had Northerners be like, you think this is cold? This isn't cold. Blah, blah, blah. My, when we walked in a blizzard uphill both ways to school, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm cold and it's 60 degrees out. And I was like, my time has finally come as a Floridian to be like, you're worried about a tropical storm? <laughs> this isn't nothing. <laughs> so um, I enjoyed that a little bit. I was like, oh, my God. I've never been that person who can be like, what? This is nothing. Why are you worried? And deep down, I was worried because, again, thunderstorms scare me. But outwardly I was like I don't know guys it's a tropical storm it's fine (laughs) I was like not worried and I think it was because I was in straight like I was so worried about losing power because it's so hot yeah that I was like it's just shut down everything else in my brain I was like it's not gonna be bad and we're not gonna lose power it's not gonna be bad we're not gonna lose power and just like over and over because I was like if we lose power I'm gonna freaking freak out (laughs) so luckily yeah i i was very concerned about losing power because that is the worst thing about storms is like when you lose because it's just so hot and then you're just miserable if you're out for a long time which i have been growing up obviously like i said growing up in straight up you know hurricane alley (laughs) but (laughs) i have faced that and just like anytime you move somewhere new like when i first moved to orlando and the first storm hit i was like i don't know what the flood zones are in this area i don't know what areas tend to have power like power outages whenever so I was like well it's my first storm in Savannah we're about to see if it floods and if power goes out <laughs> um, <laughs> our lights did flicker a few times so thankfully we never lost it so I was able to stay cool and my main concern also was I wouldn't be able to watch the Florida Gators on Thursday because the storm <laughs> was coming through Wednesday night and I was like if I don't have electricity tomorrow how am I watch this football game first world problems honestly it probably would have been better if I didn't watch it because I don't think that there's a lot of crossover with college sports and this podcast, but for anyone who does follow it, <laughs> me, it's just me. Um, we did not look good Thursday. We were bad. We were real, real bad. But as the eternal optimist that I am, I'm like, guys, this is great. We started the season at rock bottom. And as we've discussed many times on this podcast, what a great place. We only can go up, you know, it's a great exactly. place, great foundation to build yourself up. And it was we're really going to shock the world now when we beat Georgia this year because no one is going to expect the team that played on Thursday <laughs> to be able to beat Georgia. So that's how I look at it. My dad um, pretty much thinks we should just throw in the towel now and just not play the rest of the season. But I am an optimist. So. Was it that bad? It was real bad. It was. Oh, no. Oh, God. There was a point where I wasn't sure we were going to score a touchdown in the entire game. And I was like, this is embarrassing. It's oh, just yikes. the dumbest penalties we got penalized they were utah was able to score a touchdown because we had two number threes out on the field at the same time which is is a penalty you're not allowed to have two people with the same number and i cannot stress to you 
how large our coaching staff is. And of the 18,000 of them, no one caught that. No one was like, hey, two number threes on the field. Get one of you. Get your ass off the field. And so because of that, they were punting the ball. And it was supposed to turn the ball over to us. They got an automatic first down and then were able to score a touchdown. And, like, their drive was done. So it was at that point that I was like, it's going to be a long game, isn't it? (laughs) Why did they even let two people have – on the same team have the same number that's a great question michael ann i'm glad you brought that up um back in the day you didn't and i don't know why suddenly they do my mom was ranting and raving and she's like first come first serve baby like you you come right. in you want number three and you're like sorry sammy already took it like you gotta wait till right. next year maybe you can get it but yeah it, that was never a thing before but now you can have if you're on like two different sides of the ball. So if you're on offense, you can have like a number three and on defense, you can have a number three. So what happening was that some of defense was still on the fields, but special teams was coming on the field because Utah was punting the ball. And so defensive number three was still on the field as offensive number three was coming on the field. Oh, Jesus. It was, yeah, it was real dumb. So that, yeah, suddenly you can, you can have like a, a number 15 and number 15 on two different, you know, whatever on offense and defense. Um, that's I think we crazy. should outlaw that after this game. I yeah. think we should be like, you know what? You're all just going to have different numbers. <laughs> yeah. That's so strange. Like even I'm like, even thinking about like when I played soccer in middle school, you could like, yeah. nope. If you wanted a number that was already gone, like tough shit. If it's already gone. Yeah. It's already gone. First that's, first serve. That's yeah. crazy. And I, yes, I strange. did play soccer. Um, for God, look at you. Couple y'all. Weeks. She's an athlete. <laughs> One of those sporty girls. What can let's, we say? She's uh, like, oh. Also, though, I just want a, a special shout out to uh, before I swear, guys, we're going to do it like 15 minutes in. We're going to start recapping the mm-hmm. book and talking about mm-hmm. it. Look at us go. But oh, special shout outs. Um, the other day I was told by someone and it really pissed me off. <laughs> really frosted my flakes that because I'm a Taylor Swift fan, there was no way I could be interested in football. And I don't think you understand that if someone's head could have literally exploded, it would have been mine in that moment. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that those things were mutually exclusive. Like, what? What people are multifaceted? And you can like girly things and support the Barbie movie and go to Taylor Swift concert to make friendship bracelets and also be into football. I, I didn't think that that was a a weird concept. But yes, there are people in our Lord's year 2023 still saying shit like that to women. So right on. <laughs> Oh my god, if you guys could see my face right now, I'm just like disgusted. I hate that so much. I was real I was I real fired up. So and I was like, okay, mm, cool, 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 cool. So now it's my like everyday journey to like belittle this person and make yeah. like an idiot. <laughs> you should. I support that. He was discussing fantasy football the other day, which I'm very involved in, and he picked a quarterback first in a league that wasn't a super flex league, and I was like, that was dumb. <laughs> Straight up was like, that was a really dumb move, and let me tell you why, and just like put him in his place, and I was like, yeah, but I don't know anything about football, I guess. <laughs> you don't know anything about football because you're too big of a fan of Taylor Swift, and you yeah. wear dresses, so. Exactly. So how That's... dare I? It like, and that's actually a perfect segue into along yes. for the ride because it yeah. appears that you can't be girly and smart at the same time. So Real hard. Here we go. No, um, I do actually want to say one more thing. Bethany and I are now going to see the Eras concert together twice. 
Yeah, because baby. we are going to see it in theaters. And if huh? you guys are seeing it in theaters, you let us know. Show us your friendship bracelets. Please. Show us postcards. Show us everything. We I'm love so that the queen is making it more accessible for everybody. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Exactly. As Airs tour for all. Let's yes. go. Yes, baby. Yes. Okay. So recap. Back to, oh god. Along for the ride. What have we read so far? Um, so not a lot. We got like a little, um, introduction. We have Auden. Her mom is, has a lot of ingrained misogyny. Oh yeah. Um, and has taught that to her daughter. Oh yeah. Um, she is an academic. She's a professor, blah, blah, blah. And her and Auden's dad are divorced um Auden's dad is also an academic but not as successful which was their problem and now he is married to a 26 year old woman who just had his baby and he is basically a non-existent father like he's just he's I we'll get into it um oh boy will we (laughs) but yeah so Auden is staying with them for the summer she works at nope she doesn't she um, <laughs> has met some of the girls that work at Heidi's store, Clementine's, and she hooked up with a guy and she regretted it instantly. And his name was Jake. Yeah. Jake. More from him soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is going to be a Boy. fiery episode. I can tell you guys Let already. Let me tell you. Yeah. We, we have thoughts and mm-hmm. feelings about stuff. And also, like, has Auden and her mom never seen Legally Blonde? Like, hello. Elwood's taught us that you can like pink and get into Harvard Law. So right. fuck right off with this whole, like, if you're into girly things, you can't be smart. BS. Yeah. Like, Elle Woods majored in, like, fashion merchandising and then went to law school. And you're telling me, like, it's hard? Okay? Yeah. What? Like, it's hard? <laughs> <laughs> Iconic film. A truly... Iconic. Like everyone required viewing for every yes. human being on yes. planet Earth. The Auden's mom is like Selma Blair in that movie. Yes. Yes, she is. A thousand percent. And hopefully, you know, she'll see the error of her ways by the end as, as Selma Blair did. But we'll yeah. see. Right now she's oh. pissing me off. <laughs> One more thing I wanted to mention. We saw, or at least I did. I don't know if everyone did. Sarah Dessen lost a family member this week. So our thoughts and prayers. That's terrible. Our thoughts are with Sarah Dessen and her family yes. at this time. We're very sorry for your loss. Yeah. Like it. I said, it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. But yeah. Lots of love to Sarah for sure. Lots and lots of love. She is the nicest, sweetest lady and she deserves nothing she but really good is. things. She and is that delightful. Is, I did see that and that was very sad. So yes, thoughts to the entire you know, Dessen extended family um, yes. for their loss, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Along for the ride. <laughs> along for the here ride. We go. <laughs> we're along for it. God, are we? <laughs> we really are. We're here and we're, we're doing things. So, oh, where we left off was um, Auden started helping Heidi with the baby because Heidi doesn't get any help or any sleep or anything at all. So chapter four starts with Heidi giving Auden a 
freshly made home cooked blueberry muffin for all her help as a thank you. Great, to be honest. I would take that in a heartbeat. And she got the berries from the farmer's market and made it like, are you serious, Heidi? You're Heidi, who has the time? You are a new mom and you like were finally given four hours of interrupted sleep and you're like, I'm up. I'm ready to go to the farmer's market and make some baked goods. (laughs) And get dressed and I put lip gloss on. And it's crazy. Like, she's like, I got four hours of uninterrupted sleep. It's like, if I got four hours of sleep, I would be a massive bitch like the whole day. (laughs) Like, there's no way I'm going to the farmer's market. Enough how you would not want to have to deal with me on a day like that. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Auden is still like, as we said, like she's been taught this ingrained misogyny so she judges Heidi a lot because Heidi is like very girly very feminine very bubbly um and so she's still kind of like a little wary of Heidi she doesn't like really like her but there's something that's pulling her to help Heidi and it's probably because she's a decent human being and her father's a piece of shit I don't know just a guess just throwing it out there I think it might have something to do with that God, he could not be a more useless I, person, a bigger piece of shit if this man tried. I am finding him infuriating. Right. And like Heidi clearly has her own money. And like she's clearly the one who's been in Colby, established in Colby, because yep. that's where her store is. So this is going to be a common theme throughout this episode. But my advice is to dump his ass. Okay. Yeah. Dump his ass. Let's bring back an oldie but a goodie. Heidi, I think you should run. (laughs) Run, Heidi. Run, Run. girl. Run as far as you can away from him. He is doing you absolutely no favors. He's doing absolutely nothing for you. He is not bringing any joy into your life. Just get the hell out of Dodge. Or, well, kick him the hell out of Dodge. Again, you are the one who's established in Colby. Tell him he needs to leave. Yeah. Yeah, he's so condescending, but we'll get it to him. So then Heidi gets a phone call from one of the girls at the store. She realizes she has to bring something over to the store. A checkbook, I think. Um, yes. And she, you know, asks, there. she asks Auden's dad for help with the baby. Like, can you please just... Um, feed the baby so I can run to the store because this is my business and my job and he's basically like no um he's like I can't like I I'm very busy I'm Mr. Busy Man I'm writing a book that I've been writing for 15 years (laughs) and so Auden as as we're seeing her she's she's really thriving I think slowly slowly but surely she offers to go she yeah. jumps she jumps in she takes charge her dad is clearly not doing anything this part though where she says she's like you know yeah i'll take the checkbook like i'll do it and she's like and of course heidi is like oh my god are you sure and um her dad is immediately like she's offering like yeah send her don't dare interrupt me the genius man of the house right and so she says that you know 10 minutes later she had the checkbook and some muffins for the girls in hand. And she, you know, she's like 24 hours in Colby and already I didn't recognize myself. My mother would be disgusted, I thought. I knew I was. And it's like, 
why again i know why she thinks her mother would be disgusted and again obviously her mom probably isn't the biggest fan of heidi which in and of itself is just messed up because this is not heidi's doing in any way be mad at him not her but why yeah. would your mother the the fact that she is thinking to herself as she's doing nothing but being a good decent human being and helping out a new sleep deprived mother would you be like my mother would be disgusted with me i cannot i can never imagine that being my first thought if i was doing good in the world like if i was helping someone who clearly needed help out being like my mom would be so mad at me my, i would be like my mom would be so proud of me right now that i'm helping someone who clearly needs help out like how messed up of a situation is this oh. i live my life every morning to basically wake up and i think how can i make mr rogers proud yeah um, yes. my real goal in life every day but also my mom who is a big mr Rogers. i mean the reason that i like mr rogers parents is because my mom it. i'd also like to make her proud but really at the end of the day we're all you know if you don't have a good relationship with your parents again we have i can't stress enough i'm very blessed that i have a fortunate relationship with my parents and i i do want to make them proud but <laughs> if you do not wake up every day and just be like you know what what can i do to make mr rogers proud today and that's how you yeah. should live your life because you'll find that you're a much more decent human being <laughs> yes i often think like what can i do to make sarah doesn't proud no that's true uh, also yeah feel free to use that i think that's also great what can i do today to make sarah doesn't proud these are all people. This is a lot of pressure on myself now. These are all these people I have to make proud. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think you'd be doing a really it's good fine. job. So it's okay. yeah, I think all of them would not fault me if some days what I was doing was like, you know what? I'm going to take some me time and I'm going to worry about my yeah. mental health. I think that would make them all very proud of me. So exactly. There you go. <laughs> I also want to say when um, Heidi is on the phone with, I don't remember, somebody at the store, Maggie, maybe. Um Auden says here, the person on the other line was saying something, the voice equally high and shrill. Shrill is like, I mean, we can break down the freaking word shrill for like 30 minutes, I think. But Boy, she said, I took a gulp of my coffee, then another one, just as Thisbe began, began to chime in as well. I wondered if emotions were like menstrual cycles. If you got enough women together, give it time and everyone was crying. Yeah, everyone being emotional and shrill thing. I was like, oh, so much internalized misogyny. Oh, God. Oh, God. Auden, you have so much to unlearn. Bless your poor, sweet, sweet summer child heart. But you have so much to unlearn. Yeah. The word shrill just instantly takes me back to the 2016 election. And I get like straight up PTSD from it. Yeah. <laughs> the word shrill is like only ever used to talk about women and like you never call a man shrill like there's no way for a man to be shrill like it's only women because of our, our voice I don't know um and it's always demeaning like yeah it's just a way to be like well you're being it's like you're being hysterical you're being shrill mm -hmm. and it's like that you're probably doing neither of those things um right but you're probably voicing legitimate concerns, yes. but because you did it in your lady voice, it's instantly, it's yes. instantly bad. Mm. I'm just going to go on record and say men are way bigger crybabies than yes. women. Are you and kidding? I don't know why we're the ones with the reputation of being hysterical. Like the only time I've ever seen a woman like upset, I'm like, damn girl, you had every, you have every legitimate reason to be upset. But a man can like, someone can look at him a funny, I, I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> Free story about my husband, who I love dearly, and again, like, is a good guy. I would not have married him if he wasn't. Very good guy. But there was a time, and he was mostly taking out his hostility. So we worked, obviously, at a theme park for many years. 
Um, no shade to any British people out there, but British people are not notoriously good tippers just because that's not in their culture to do. And should you research before you go to a foreign country yes. what their culture standards are? Absolutely. Because let me tell you, every time I go to another country, I do, but whatever. But anywho, again, hashtag not all Brits. There's a lot of people that like, they come to Florida every two years and they're the nicest people and they tip yeah. really well and they're great. But a lot of people, if it's their first time visiting out of country, they don't know what they're doing. Okay. So anywho, after dealing with that for years, you just get a little annoyed. Mm -hmm. Like you go up to a table and you're like, oh, British accent. Uh, I'm worried. But um, yes. But anywho, so we were at Disney one day. We're off. Okay. We're just like at the theme park enjoying our time. And we're little good kids. Okay. Like we are rule followers to a T. Like back in the day when Fast Pass was free, like we followed the rules. We got Fast Pass. We like waited till our allotted time. We got in the right line. We knew what we were doing. And obviously, many people at Disney World, it's their very first time going to Disney World, and they, they're just terrible. And so one day, like, Mike just got fed up. Like, he got fed up with British people <laughs> because they never tip, and he got fed up because, like, no one effing followed the rules for Fast Pass, except for, like, I feel like our group of people who knew what we were doing. And so we're going to, like, get in line, and this British family just, like, cuts in front of us. And it's, like, not a big deal, okay? Like, it's going to take us two extra seconds to get in line. Like, I'm not phased. But, you know, it's hot outside. He's just fed up that, like, this always happens to us when we try to use our fast pass. And he just, like, starts ranting to me about this family. And he's like, by all means, by all means, go ahead. Clearly more important. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, these people. And they, like, looked at him like this crazy-ass American guy. And, like, to this day, we, like, joke around about that day when he just, like, lost his ever-loving mind over, like, a family <laughs> trying to get in line before. Like, it was so not a big deal. Um, but, yeah, guys, man. Like, that, they'll just do that sometimes. Mm. And, like – it wasn't about the line. Like, it was just about, like, this overall grand thing. But, like, it just came up again the other day about how this one time he just, like, went off at this British family for absolutely no reason. And, like, they they were very confused probably. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's not by all means going left. <laughs> oh, my God. I, like, so, unfortunately, <laughs> I've had a lot of issues. I've had a lot of social issues in life because I – um. can handle situations like a man I guess and you like that's not allowed or like you know if I'm being treated like shit at a workplace like I'm not quiet about it like you know Bethany worked with me at NBC <laughs> um and I was very vocal okay I was not quiet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um you'll not go quietly into the night <laughs> no but like the diff like for example there was a guy server who left in the middle of his shift because the hosts were not seating him properly. He just yeah. got up and left. He didn't tell anyone he was leaving. Nothing. He got up and left. Okay. A couple weeks later, I wasn't getting sat. And I was frustrated because as somebody who hosted for years, I know how hosting should be going. And I know like, if you know how to do your job, like you can do it properly and I was just like at the end of my fucking rope with this place. And I was told the managers that I was leaving. I was like, I'm leaving. Um, you know, I shouldn't have done it. I should have stayed like whatever. But I was I can't even tell you guys what this place was like working there for me. Like it was a fucking nightmare. And I got fired. Yeah. I got fired. And I yeah. went to the manager and I said, if I leave, am I going to get fired? And he said, no. And then the next time I came into work, I got fired. So there was a lot. I mean, we could, boy, could we go on a whole tangent about misogyny and 
yeah. the service industry because boy is it real and out there but I mean I think in any workplace it's definitely a thing and yeah I mean I used to get frustrated and again I love my husband dearly and when he voiced concerns at work they were very valid yes. but he could do it and a normal con- like he could go yeah. up to them and just be like hey I don't like this and they'd be like yes sir whatever you say sir how can we yes. make you happy sir and I would tell them five times like hey I don't like this hey I don't like this hey can we like have a discussion about this like not right now I understand like, again I was always very professional like I understand you're busy I understand you're trying to run the whole restaurant right now it's you know football Sunday whatever but like this is not a good thing we're doing. Can we like sidebar about this later? And they'd be like, oh, no, no, no. And it would take me crying for someone to finally yes. take me seriously. Like I would tell them five yes. times something in a very common rational way, completely ignored. And I'd break down and be like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? I did five times yeah. very calmly. You just don't take. And one time I finally like had a discussion with the manager about that. I go, I do every single damn time that you never take me seriously until I get irrational about it. And this is why people think women are rational, but it's like, you don't yeah. take my normal complaint seriously. And any man in this restaurant, if they go to you once in a very calm way, are just like, hey, I don't like this. You're like, whatever you want, sir. We don't want to upset you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andrew worked at that restaurant with us and he was like their golden boy. He like he like ran that like pe- the managers loved him, loved him. Let him do literally whatever he wanted. He walked on. Yes. Like he was worshipped and they the same manager hated my guts and like made work as difficult and upsetting for me as he possibly could like went out of his way and it's like so when I would get mad at him he would act like I was being a crazy bitch but then like you know whatever Andrew wants whatever Andrew wants this guy would give it to him and it's like it was so it's like it just makes me so mad when there's like societal standards like like women have to act differently in a situation than a man like to get respected like why like that's so silly like that's just silly like just let me talk to you like like a lot of my assertiveness and like the way I handle things at my job and stuff I learned from my dad so like Mm. when I'm talking like my dad like it goes one of two ways like I either get like respected normally by women or like men think I'm being like shrill like it's just like it's so frustrating it's like why why could my dad go up to his coworkers and say this thing? And then I would go up to my coworkers and say this thing and it would be taken like completely differently. Like, yeah, that's just, it doesn't just logically, that doesn't make any sense. Yep. But anyway, I'm not going to get just, mad about yeah, it. It's the world that we live in, unfortunately. Anyway. Yeah. But anyways, Heidi we, would probably be, is a great boss because she's, a, a lady and we yes. love her <laughs> we did say that this Four episode was going to be feisty we did say yeah we warned y'all and boy you can't say that we falsely advertised that baby yeah we're getting feisty we're getting These feisty. things just really rile us up yes yeah. yes usually i was i mean i was at in a really bad place mentally when i worked at nbc so i was extra not doing well but woo! you want to see me get riled up Meet me in 2016 when I worked at NBC Sports Club. It was a great time. I just want to say it was. Y'all don't know. Like, you think you all have heard Michael and get feisty, but I'm here to tell you. You don't know the half of it. But also to say, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the fact that I haven't. Yeah, just getting out of that place. And again, I had a, a different experience than Michael Ann did. I was a lot more fortunate in many ways um, than she was in the way that I was treated. I mean, again, as I've said, I 
was also not fortunate in many ways yeah um because i'm a woman but um but yeah i mean i had a different experience but even still i can just say that that place is yeah i don't even know you don't even know what it was like working there and yeah it's just, it's a, a completely different mentality like the fact that I, like you know and i'm not saying every day and my new job is perfect by any means because right. it certainly isn't but i'd like just the way i overall like feel about stuff yeah. and i'm like wow it's crazy when you get out of such a, a toxic environment what well, that'll do for you but yeah yeah my current job is great like my team leads my managers my like the department heads like all my team like everyone's so great and nice and wonderful and respectful and where there's a lot of women <laughs> there's just a lot yeah, of women like it makes a big difference like does help yeah we've gotten like three pages into this chapter so far guys so we're we killing are it. killing it all right but at least we are already discussing the book 45 minutes in yes so. exactly. progress, progress maybe that's progress. i would say that that's progress for us i'm really proud of us i'm gonna name yeah, this she... episode female rage yeah <laughs> I think that's perfect. That's a perfect title. <laughs> that sums it up entirely, honestly. So yeah, she meets up with the UPS guy. She's got the checkbook. They do the darn thing. Nothing much going on there, except for that she does officially get to meet the girls of the shop. She gets to meet Maggie. And I believe, don't Esther and Leah come in at this point as well? Yes. Yes. So, oh, they do, which is when... They basically, so Auden is still there, but she's kind of like hanging back a little bit. So when Esther and Leah come in, they don't see her. And this is where we learn that Maggie and Jake, yes, the Jake that Auden hooked up with at the tip behind the sand dunes, that one. uh, Apparently Maggie was in a long-term relationship with him and it's still not over him. So Leah and Esther come in and they like bring, you know, magazines and candy and they're like, hey girl, looking good girl, how's it going? (laughs) And immediately Maggie's like, what's up? I don't think y'all are doing this out of the kindness of your own heart. And they're like, well, we have to break something to you gently. We saw Jake hook up with someone last night at the tip. And Auden's like, shit, 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 shit. That was me. That was me. And I'm still in the store. And this is about to turn into a whole thing. And so, of course, Maggie's upset. They start explaining what she looks like. Maggie has already met Auden. So she's like, the the girl hiding behind the rack, is that what she looks like? Yeah, she like flings the thing open and she's like, her? (laughs) Oh, yes, it'd be her. And Auden's all like, it didn't mean anything. I swear, like it was nothing. And Maggie says, you know, do you really like him? Just tell me. And she's like, no. And so she says, "Um, maybe in the world of girls, this was supposed to be a turning point. Uh, when we saw beyond our initial differences, realized we had something in common after all and became true friends. But that was a place I didn't know well, had never lived in and had no interest in discovering, even as a tourist. So I took the checkbook, nodded and walked out the door. Um, so, yeah, our, our poor girl Auden here. It's kind of that part kind of reminded me of Mean Girls. Like she's like in girl world. I know. <laughs> in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of gave me Mean Girls vibes and like the best way possible. Yeah, Auden, she, well, she's not good. She's not good at being a teenager because she's ne- never had to be because her parents have always made her a mini adult. She never was a kid. She never was a teenager, even though she is technically one right now. And yeah, so that was real a real awkward meeting with the ladies of Clementines for the first time for our poor girl, Auden. Yeah. But thankfully, Maggie took it pretty well and was just kind of like i need to know do you like him and she was like no it was terrible actually it was a really bad decision i shouldn't have hooked up with him <laughs> yeah she's like he's so nothing they're, they're to me <laughs> he's they nothing are to chill. 
nothing to me. It could be, it could be more or less than, a, than nothing yeah. to me if he tried. Um, so she gets back home and she's talking to her mom. And of course, her mom is basically calling to talk shit about her dad, which, like, girl, I get you. He is a piece of shit. But at the same time, maybe could you not to your daughter? Like, like I don't know. call your friend. Just seemed, yeah. Yeah. Real, just like catty and juvenile to me on her mom being like, I don't want to hear about the, what the town is like, what the house is like. Please tell me the goss about your father and his little child's wife, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, listen, lady, I, I agree with you. He is a terrible person. But yeah, this was this is not a good look for mom, to say the least. We also learned that apparently, like, Hollis and her mom have, which is, this is very typical, like, Jessenism. The, the youngest child has all the burden, and the oldest child, um, she basically says that, like, Hollis can get away with murder, kind of. Like, he can be off in, in you know, in Europe and be like, yeah, I'm a networking uh, connection in Amsterdam, going after that. And as their mom is just like, okay, I believe you, son. Have fun. Need money? And Auden has to be perfect and mm-hmm. bears all the, the weight and the pressure of, you know, basically the expectations of her parents. Um, so, yeah, so we learn a little bit about Hollis and him just being Hollis and how – yeah, the relationship that he has with their mother is certainly not the relationship that Auden has with their mother. It's, yeah, she says here, I rolled my eyes. Funny how my mom could see through me entirely, but Hollis takes off for Amsterdam with some people he just met, spins it into a career move, and she goes for it hook, line, and sinker. And I, yeah. another thing that's like even common, like societally, I feel in my experience, is mothers. And their sons have like a very different relationship than mothers and their daughters. Like, yeah. And that probably also stems from like the ingrained misogyny we have in society because we're told like, you know, little girls have to stop being so emotional and grow up where little boys can like be goofballs until they're like 35 and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly. So that is, yeah, that's a really interesting. And it, and knowing that her mom is like, has such bad misogyny inside of her bones, um, it just, it makes sense. It fits. Yeah. It's like, of course she would favor her son. Yeah. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? And she's like, oh, he's my little baby boy. He's a sweet little precious baby boy. And her daughter, who like is actually the younger of the two. And it's like done nothing wrong ever in her life. She's like, why aren't you more perfect? Why aren't you better? And it's like, "Ah." (laughs) there was some funny stuff. Like it was fucked up, but like I was laughing a little bit. (laughs) Um, Let me see. I like how she's like, has your, have you seen your father change a diaper? And Auden's like, I'm sure he has. And she's like, yes, but have you seen it? And, like, I can almost, like, I don't think that what her mother is doing to, like, she shouldn't be having this conversation with her daughter, but I think this is, like, kind of funny and, like, a little relatable because she's, like, my husband treated me like shit and now he's got a new, younger, hotter wife and I'm, like, happy in a really fucked up way that he's, like, the same as he was with me. Um, But, yeah, she should not be dumping that onto her kid for sure. It's um 
It's Friday night. They're supposed to be going out to dinner. They're like actually doing something as a family. What? Huh? Mm-hmm. And so she's like, gotta go, mom. Going out to dinner. And then here I'm going to get pissed off at dad all over again. Because she, Heidi yeah. gets a phone call. Like she's getting this being in the stroller. They're getting ready to go out to our favorite place, The Last Chance. And just then, um, basically she gets a call saying that... Um, uh she gets a call again about like basically the girl's checks have bounced and she's like there's no effing way like i like i know that this is right whatever and so this is where her dad i'm just like oh really pot meat kettle he's like it's friday night honey he said just let it all the work stuff um just let it go all the work stuff will be there on monday oh really because like you you like do not like you can't wake up in the middle of the night to take care of your child you can't go help your wife out when she needs help, like running a checkbook to the store because like you can't possibly leave work. But the one time, and this is a serious thing, like people were not paid and they have every right, like they're going into the weekend and she's like, well, they have a right to be paid. Like they work hard for me. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just let all the work stuff go. You can handle that on Monday. Like we're going out, we're having family time. So when it's convenient for him, he's like all for family time. But when it's, he wants to work, like, God forbid anyone possibly interrupt his flow. And I was like, this asshole. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Heidi's just like, she's like, they, you know, they deserve to be paid. So they head down to the boardwalk and um, they get to the last chance. And Heidi's like, here, like, I'm, I'm going to be right back. Like, I just have to go figure this quick thing out. So she leaves the baby with Auden and dad. And there, all of a sudden, she says that, um, you know, when the, the host – hostess arrived to grab menus for us um Thisby was pretty much screaming so her dad goes well Auden can you and like like he doesn't even think like oh god this is my child like by all means let me like do something to help my screaming baby child he literally looks at his daughter who just met Thisby like yesterday yeah and is like yeah you you're a lady can you do something about this please yes he's like I'm gonna go eat it's like Okay, so your wife is handling a really stressful situation that like greatly impacts her business. And your daughter is here visiting you probably for the first time ever, I think. And Mm -hmm. you're gonna be like, and I think like a lot of this too was like him being super petty because I'm sure that Heidi, like, and we see later when they're fighting, like Heidi's like, you should be spending time with us. You should be spending time with the family. So when he like finally deems them worthy to hang out with, and she has to go run and do this thing so quickly, like so quickly. She's like, I just have to pay them out of the ATM. Like, I'll be right back. He's so pissed. And he's like, you insisted that I stop working and have a family dinner. And it's like, that. It, that's just him being petty. Like, he's just trying to get back at her. Like, well, you know, he's working 24 hours a day, but she needs to do something really quick for 15 minutes. And he's like, yep. well, look at that. It's the same. It's the same. And it's like, this guy oh my god he's so he is so infuriating (sighs) so poor Auden is outside her dad is just like yeah I'm gonna leave you and the baby outside I'm gonna go like I can't I can't with him truly so he goes in Auden's outside like just trying to she's like okay well the stroller you know worked last night when I when I had her moving you know she stopped screaming so she's like trying to quiet her down and who shows up but our boy Eli, who like we barely kind of met before, um, again we still don't technically know his name, but we're about to learn it officially. And he sees her, and Auden basically is like, "I just I couldn't stop like word vomiting. I felt like I had to explain what was happening." And she's like, "I, I don't know. She's screaming. I can't get her word out there." And so he's just like, "You can always try the elevator." 
like without hesitation this teenage boy is just like here let me show you a way to soothe this screaming child and so he does he just like steps in unlike some other people in this novel mm-hmm. <laughs> dad and starts helping with poor little Fisby, who's just like really having a moment mm-hmm. and just then heidi approaches and she's like oh eli i thought that was you and um she's like where's your father <laughs> like, where? oh he's inside he's inside heidi he's making sure he gets fed but it's, it's fine yeah 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 yep 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 yeah she says before she sees eli i have this part highlighted she says people don't change my mother had said and of course she was right my dad was still selfish and inconsiderate and i was still not wanting to believe it even when the proof was right in front of me maybe we were all destined to just keep doing the same stupid things over and over again never really learning a single thing beside me thisby was now screaming and i wanted to join in sit back and open my mouth and let the years of frustration and sadness and everything else just spill forth into the world once and for all and yeah, that's another thing I feel like we're seeing Auden has been like holding back all of her feelings and emotions out of fear of being rejected by her father and like judged and belittled by her mother. And mm-hmm. we're seeing her finally be like, I just want to like cry. I just want to sit here and cry because this sucks. Why am I out here with this baby? And then I also want to mention that we again have a Sarah Dessen graphic tee Eli's yes. t-shirt says love shove across the front. Whatever that is. I don't know. What does that even mean? But, I don't even know. I mean, I love it. I love it. That was like the yeah, one. Why are these boys always wearing? I guess it was just kind of a thing of the aughts to wear graphic tees. But why are they always wearing interesting graphic tees? You're right. It kind of was. Yeah. It was, it was a thing there for a minute. It definitely was a thing. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. But yeah, these. Oh. Oh, sweet Eli for coming in and helping. But yeah, I think that all, you know, adults and or teenagers should get to be more like babies. And if you do just want to sit there and have a little cry, just have a little cry. Yeah. That- <laughs> why, is it, why is this society acceptable for a baby to just cry in a restaurant? But I, as a grown woman, cannot. <laughs> Honestly, like crying regulates your nervous system. If you're holding back crying, you're just going to be more upset, like, that's another reason why men are so aggressive because they don't know how to regulate their emotions and they don't let themselves cry so everything just comes out angry and not Mm -hmm. you know obviously hashtag not all men my my fiance is not like this or my husband's not like this at all he's very in touch with his emotions but societally have yeah have a little cry everyone it's good for you have a little cry we love it we love crying we love it we love to cry (laughs) We love to cry. We're big, we're big fans, big <laughs> believers in crying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then Heidi comes up and she's all like, you know, being Heidi, which is great. We love that. We love that about her. We do. And she says, um, that she doesn't understand why Heidi makes everything a big deal. Like Heidi just like explains everything, which like I don't think she makes things a big deal. Like she's just coming up and like, and what like. Her hormones are all over the place. Like, she's a new mom. She finally got four hours of interrupted sleep. And then, you know, oh, we have to run the checkbook down to the store. Okay, that, you know, I, I, you know, I fixed that problem. And then, you know, it's hard. She's a small business owner and she's a new mom. And like, this is a big, this is a whole uncharted territory for her in so many ways. And so she's like, oh my God, my poor girls, like, um, their checks bounce and I had to go to an ATM, whatever. So she's explaining it. And she let Auden says, you know, I can literally feel my temperature rising. Why did she have to make everything such a big deal? Um, 
So then, you know, Eli's like, oh, okay, bye. You know, I have to go back to the shop, see y'all later. And she's like, oh, Eli, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. And she's like, I'm so glad you met Auden. You know, she's new and I'd like, you know, she needs someone to introduce her. And Auden's like, Jesus, like, I don't need all of this. Like, why is Heidi being so extra? And she's not, first of all. No, she's (laughs) not. Again, Auden and her like internalized misogyny thinks that she is. And so then she's like kind of like mean to Heidi. Yeah. And she's like, you know, she's like, I'm going to go have dinner with my father. So, you know, whatever. And so poor Heidi just like takes the baby and like walks off and like doesn't even get to eat. And it's very sad. It is. Yeah. She like snaps at her. Also, we find out here that Jake is Eli's brother. Brother. Yeah. How the hell did that happen? Not be more different. (laughs) Seriously. Jake is a slime bag and Eli seems like a very cool, chill dude so far. So yeah, that's an interesting sibling dynamic. It really is. Yeah, and then she goes back to the restaurant and her dad's already eating and he didn't order for them because he pushes the menu towards her so that she can order for her. So he didn't even order for her. Um, he's just eating his own food. Not a care in the world. Not a care in the world. And he's like, just relax. It's Friday night. Where's your wife? Seriously. Like, he, it doesn't even seem because you're like, oh, is Heidi coming and eating with us? He's just like, eating my onion rings. Everything's fine. It's ridiculous. <sighs> I can't. This man makes me, puts fire Absolutely. in my bones. Um... So then after dinner, she is like, you know, she's a child of divorce. So she's like, I knew from experience when a fight was over and when it had only just begun. So after dinner, she doesn't go home. Um, and but she realizes she didn't stay long out long enough when she goes to the porch and she can hear them fighting. And a lot of really fucked up shit happens in this fight. Um, yeah. Basically, he's like, I don't understand what you want from me. You asked me to stop working and come to dinner and you're still not happy. And she's like, I wanted to have dinner together. And he's like, well, you would have if you hadn't left to go to the store. That was your choice, which is like, I feel like this is like textbook emotional manipulation, what he does to her. Like, are you like, this is like, like, it makes me so mad because like, I've been here, I feel like, um, Although I've never had a baby, thank God. Um, <laughs> I think God a baby was not part of it, but babies were but not the rest involved. of it, it feels very familiar. Very familiar. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like Heidi's like starting to cry. And she's like, I just wish. And he's like, you wish what? And he's like, I'm here all the time, Heidi. And she's like, you're not with Thisbe. You're always in your office. Like, and he's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. We discussed this. Blah, blah, blah. And... He's like, I wanted to hire a nanny. And she's like, I don't need a nanny. I just need an hour here and there, which is like, yeah, she doesn't need a full-time nanny. She just needs you to like get up with the baby every other night, like 50-50 this parenting. Mm -hmm. And then, and then he's like, so ask Auden, isn't that why you wanted her to come visit? Which is like, like why, first of all, why you wanted her to come visit. So he's like, I didn't even want her here. And we brought her here for labor and she's like that's not why I invited her here like like, I invited her here because she's your daughter like Heidi's like I'm trying to have a relationship with her you should be having a relationship with her like she's not here to babysit she's here to be part of the family and then he said then why is she here 
I cannot imagine like an Auden is hearing all of this. Yes. Like, dude. Dude Robert, whatever. I'm you're not even worthy of me saying your name, sir. You were the biggest asshole probably in like any Sarah Dessen novel ever, yes. which is saying something because yes. there's been some assholes. But at least the mo- biggest asshole parent, let me clarify, because like obviously, well, Nate's dad was also an asshole parent because he literally abused his son. But anywho. <laughs> lots of bad parents. Um, in these- lots of bad parents in these novels, yeah. I guess. Let me, I stand corrected. They're all pretty terrible. But this guy is really just firing me up. But yeah, I just, I was like, I cannot imagine. And the fact that like Heidi is the one that's like standing up for her. And she's like, that's, we did not invite your daughter here to babysit her sister like are you serious like she's your daughter and you don't have a relationship with her and i thought you maybe would want to spend some time with her and he's all like don't know where you would have gone that far <laughs> yeah basically and like we what don't an absolute dick and we don't get to really hear the rest of what she, he has to say about the fact because right. you know Auden understandably can't take it anymore and she leaves again um i wrote in all caps here dump him <laughs> I mean, if Heidi, this, you deserve so much better. So, 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 so much better than this. Like, if this book ends the same way the movie does, I'm going to be upset. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say about that, okay? Um, no spoilies, no spoilies. No spoilies, please. I know it's like somebody in our Discord, Sunshine in our Discord, was like, I can't believe Michael has ever read this book. And I was like, well, high school was dark for me. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but so then she leaves. She gets in her car and she starts to drive around, which kind of becomes her, like, thing that she does. Um, well, can she- I just say, Auden, I know that you're an insomniac and I know you became an insomniac because of your parents' terrible fighting. But the fact that you also decide to go drink coffee at midnight is not helping. Like, if you already have <laughs> trouble sleeping, why is she like, time to go get caffeinated? I'm like, girlfriend, no, put down the coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um I know. And like, you know, what's really sad too is like, she can't even break out of this. Like, she can't even come to her dad's house and be like calm and relaxed and like break out of this kind of sleep cycle because the dynamic is like the same. Like, she's mm-hmm. now here and it's just like, you know, the woman is different in pretty much every way possible, but the like fighting and the behavior is the same. And it's like, exactly. But she comes home and she sees that all of Heidi's like paperwork and payroll stuff is all over the counter. And Heidi obviously couldn't figure out what happened. So Auden, being a a genius, sits down (laughs) and basically figures it out for her, like organizes all her payroll and is like, here here it is. Figured it out. I, Mm -hmm. I done did it. Which also, can I just say that like, Auden, again, because of how she was raised, keeps giving Heidi such crap. And she's like, she's not a serious person, whatever. She owns a business. Like, she is not an idiot. Like, clearly. Just want to throw that out there. And I know she's, like, kind of coming to Heidi's side and kind of coming to some realizations about that. But, like, she just all these things she says about her because of what her mother has taught her to believe about basically hating women. I'm like, Heidi's a nice person. Heidi's a smart person. She also happens to like pink. Those things, you can like Taylor Swift and football. I know, <laughs> crazy, but it's true. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, 
she thinks like Heidi is fashionable and likes the color pink, therefore dumb. And it's like, she's a 26 year old business owner. Are you kidding? At 26, I was still like serving and being like, what is life? Like, how do I save money? What are taxes? And this lady has her whole business. Like, are you kidding? Yeah, at 26, I was like, oh, God, I have to get my own health insurance. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not prepared for that. My freaking, <laughs> and she owns her own business. <laughs> my freaking parents did me dirty by having me in their 40s, mid-40s, because I got kicked off their insurance when I was like 22 because they both retired. So I didn't even get that extra four years, okay? I got to tell you, that extra four years was really great. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is bullshit. And my my parents were like, well, because we retired. Like, because they retired, they couldn't keep me on their insurance because it's like retired right. insurance. And it's like, which, no. I'm putting my soapbox back into the corner. But um, anyway, yeah, I would, oh, that, that was a bummer for me. And your really messed up healthcare system. Yeah. And so many other things, but yeah yay we love you <laughs> we love it we're so jazzed and happy and i will say too like just one more thing my parents are in their 70s now um and they get really shitty health care like they get really shitty health care like i i feel like like my mom has been sick for years and they like have not been able to find any sort of like solution and I just feel like they should be getting better care than they're receiving especially because they're in Massachusetts and Massachusetts is like well known for its hospitals so I'm like why is this happening but it's because their insurance is a retired person's insurance and they don't give a shit about the elderly in this country and anyway chapter five And they don't give a shit about the other chapter five. <laughs> hey, Odd, it's me. What's going on? <laughs> hey, Odd, it's it's Hollis. She's on the phone with Hollis, and and we're doing that thing. We're doing that, you know, kind of we're starting one place and we're flashing back thing. Yeah, you know, um, a little bit of out of chronological order. Sarah loves it. We love it. Um, and so she's having a phone call with Hollis and she's like, I'm getting ready for work. And he's like, you've got a job. And she's like, wasn't planning on it, but it happens. And so this is where we learn. Oh, I don't, this is such a Hollis thing. And like his outlook on life and goes to your whole leg. Men can be like 35. And they're like, boop, doop, doop. Here I am. Like, how many people do we know? We've all known that person too. Like, yeah, men who are like seriously been in school and like and it's not because they like went back to their masters or something but they were in undergrad for like eight years because it's like they just you know what i mean um and then it's like yeah but anyways um which not judging on that i was an undergrad for eight years but (laughs) no i graduated high school everyone has their own path and whatever (laughs) but like it won't be for like a good reason it's like i didn't know what i wanted to do and i just wanted to be a student forever i did read this thing recently oh my god i'm going on such a completely off tangent thing but about this guy who he gets all these grants and they're grants right so they're not like loans where he has to pay them back to go to school and he literally has been a student for 20 years and he just like gets paid forty thousand dollars like a semester to go to school and he's like why would i stop and like all the things he's learned and like how smart he is because of it and i was like Truly, if I could find a way where someone could just pay for me to go to school, I'd do it. Like, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like, I, I too wouldn't stop. Yeah. Like, if I could, if my employer, I always say, like, if my employer paid for graduate school, I, I would go because right. 
I like love learning, but I yeah, like, I'm all so for expensive. It. <laughs> it's so expensive. Like, but unfortunately, grad school is really expensive, yeah. and who has the time? Who has the time to work? Anyone who works a full time job, I know people who work full time jobs and went to graduate school, and I'm like, how? How though? <laughs> yeah. Um. Literally, the like biggest maddest respect for anyone yes. who does that. Like, I think that's truly. I mean, my mom was a mom. She had three kids had a full-time job and went to graduate school and I like you know and of course when I was quite young at the time so that didn't like astound me but now looking back I'm like you're a hero yeah that's crazy (laughs) an absolute hero for doing that my my mom went back to school when I was a kid but all of my siblings were like out of the house so she only had to deal with me and I used to just like I remember like going to class like with her I would just like Mm. tell her um, but that like mad respect for professors yeah. that allow that. And that yeah. absolutely should be a thing that people are allowed to do. Yeah. And, you know, my mom went back to school like four times when I was a kid. So you go, girl. But yeah. So again, no, no judgment. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's not like my undergrad flew by either. But, um, but I just like those guys who just, you know, they were like, like every time you talk to them, they like have a new major because they just like yeah. can't just. Dis- but like, because like guys have the liberty to do that, I feel yeah. like because it's like, oh, yeah, he's just figuring his stuff out, you know. But anyways, this is the most Hollis like philosophy. Like we don't even know Hollis, but I was like, wow, this is so Hollis when I read it. She talks about I didn't plan on working. Actually, it just sort of happened. And he goes, that sucks. He said, drop your guard and stuff like that will sneak up on you. You got to stay vigilant, you know. <laughs> I think that's the funniest line so far of this novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't drop your guard that's how they get you that's how the capitalism works and you start you just have to, then you're working and like why would you want to do that and it's like yeah if i was living your life hollis i wouldn't either if i could just traipse around europe and you know if i was that guy who got paid forty thousand dollars a semester to just be a student forever you bet your ass i'd be doing that <laughs> exactly exactly wow that's not the cards i was dealt sadly so i guess i'll work no i keep getting all these emails that are like hey student loan repayments about to start up again make sure you're ready and i'm like i'm not ready and i'm not paying them so (laughs) i don't know what to tell you you're like that sounds like a personal problem for you u.s government it's not my problem literally it's like no matter how much i pay the balance never goes down so like what's the fucking point point? like i just what's the point even the point but anyway, uh, but um, yes. so she kind of goes into the whole story about how this happens. She spent four hours basically because she's an insomniac going over all of this stuff. Heidi is super impressed and she's like, but this was so unorganized. And I looked at this five times and I couldn't figure it out. And Auden's like, yeah. And Auden's playing it off like it wasn't a big deal. But again, it took her four hours to do. But which is still impressive that a teenager because she's like, well, I like worked for an accountant last year. And I was like, what? What is your life, Auden? And she's like, so it's really like not that big of a deal. And so Heidi is like, well, you know, since I'm out on maternity leave, I'm looking for someone to kind of look over the books. If you'd be interested, like, I promise I'll make it worth your while. Like, I'll pay you really well. You know, you don't have to work a lot of hours. And of course, her dad has to interject because he is on the petty train, all aboard yeah. choo-choo. And he's like, Auden's not here to work this summer, remember? And it's like, this is not the same effing thing. Her being your live-in babysitter and her getting paid a wage to work a part-time job, they're not the same, dude. They're just, no. Mm -mm. Right. And it's optional. Like, Heidi's making this optional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas with, you know, her dad, he's just like, oh, take the baby so I can go eat a cheeseburger. Um, 
but her dad being like such a little petty asshole kind of makes autumn be like you know what i will do it thank you and she heard the conversation last night. She yeah. knows the truth. Yeah. Yeah. She says, um, I knew that if I hadn't heard their argument the night before, this entire exchange would have been different. But you can't unlearn something, even if you want to. You know what you know. Yeah. And yeah. She knows now how her dad feels about the situation. And she's like, you know what? I'll side with Heidi on this one. Two can play the petty game, sir. Yeah, exactly. And you know what else I really like about Auden is, like, she does judge Heidi a bunch. She has, like, a bunch of really fucked up things she says about her in her head. But she's, like, on her team. Like, she's been there. Like, she's offered to help Heidi since, like, night one. And Mm -hmm. one thing about Sarah Destin's books that I love is, like, she always builds really strong, like, communities of women. And I think we're, like, really starting to see... Auden like put aside her bullshit and like embrace this like woman kind of like relationship with Heidi like yeah she's not like all in she's just like tiptoeing but she's tiptoeing but she's tiptoeing she's dipping her toes into the shallow ends and we can respect that exactly (laughs) oh I wrote a note on page 76 because they she ends up going out to dinner with her dad which again is basically like him shoving it to Heidi and he's like see I'll take on now we're gonna have little daddy daughter time tonight and it's like gag me um so he takes her out to go eat shrimp and she says they basically have like really stilted awkward conversation and then things kind of start to loosen up he's asking her about DeFreeze her plans for her major um she starts asking him about his book so of course he opens up now because he can like talk about him essentially yeah. and so he says and it's a uh a intricate study of a man trying to escape his family's past and i put in parentheses or just his family yeah <laughs> this man is not interested at all in his no. family so i want to make that abundantly clear yeah and she's all like i can't wait to read it and you know, he's like, see, you understand how important all of this is. You were there when Narwhal came out and how its success changed our lives. And it's like, uh, I, it changed our lives in the fact that you turn into a pretentious dickwad who thinks that you're like the great auteur of the family and we all need to hear your great special words. And you were mad when mom got successful and it broke up our family and you're doing the whole thing all over again with Heidi and if in that way you mean it changed our lives then sure but yeah, yeah. again like it's another way like her mom is always like Auden see you understand you're like me you get it and her dad is doing the same exact stuff to her like oh you you understand you're you're, you're mature you get these things no one else gets it and then it's like it just puts her in such an awkward position because again she wants her parents to respect and she wants her parents to be proud of her and so she's just like oh, okay yeah sure you're right I I get it when half the time I don't think she really agrees with her parents. They just like force her to. Mm-hmm. Ooh, my neighbors just walked by with a new doormat for their little house and it's orange and it says it's just a bunch of hocus pocus and I love that for them. We love that. We love a good Halloween fall autumnal vibes. We do. I, lo- I love it when people theme for the season. Yes, I have to put up my Eva Mandalorian tea towel that's like says something about like the- this is the fall or something. I can't remember the exact turn of phrase, but my dear friend Kristen got it for me and I love it dearly. I, my sister, Carrie, like I remember her Halloween decorations. So when I was 
really young. She lived in um, Salem, Massachusetts, which is like famously like, you know, everyone knows. And she went all out for Halloween. And I remember like her house was like so freaking cool. Um, She doesn't really do that anymore. Obviously, she's a lot older. She has three kids, blah, blah, blah. But um, like I've always wanted to be like that. But and every year I'm like, I'm going to go all out and decorate my whole house spooky and it's going to be awesome. And it's like, but it's so expensive. <laughs> I know. That's the one. I'm always like, oh, look at these cute decorations. I'm going to I'm gonna buy some. And I like, see people posting that they're putting their fall decor out. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes, I want to I want to be that person. And then I'm like, it takes a lot of time and money to become that yeah. person. Like you, you have to build that stuff over like years. And yeah, yeah I'm not there yet, but. No, my, one of these days. My Christmas <laughs> collection is getting like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Christmas is also easy because like you get a lot of family stuff. Yes, you inherit a lot of stuff. Yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah, like my stocking is the one my nana made me when I was born. So it's like, and I love that. I know yes. it's so cute. I always get scared every year when I put it out. I'm like, is something gonna happen? But this is the year that it's just gonna like fall apart. Yeah, but, but no, it's gonna stay forever. It's it is. it's thriving. It's doing great. Yeah, I love I love a good fa- family heirloom. My husband like just does not care about that kind of stuff, and so my mother in law like last year she's been like slowly but surely trying to get rid of some stuff because she has an insane amount of Christmas stuff, and you know she's getting up there in age, so it was a little morbid because like it was like yeah. a week after Christmas, and she's like, "Well, I'm gonna die one day, so what do you want?" And I'm like, "Jesus Christ, yeah. lady." Um, but also I was like, I'll take this, 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 and this. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm slowly but surely inheriting like her stuff. And then I have like my stuff from like my family and just stuff that like I've bought throughout the years. So I already was like at Christmas shops last weekend looking at like downtown. I was looking at, I want like a little Savannah ornament this year for like our Christmas in Savannah. And there's so many good options. I was like, I could make an entire Savannah tree, but that seems a little out of control. There's also this really <laughs> cute peach ornament which i loved and it's like supposed to be in the shape of a heart and it's like the peaches opens you can see the pit and i was like oh how cute but then when you looked at it i was like vagina vagina vagina. yes (laughs) you were like it's open with a pit i was like vagina (laughs) vagina and i was like oh um, no i don't want that on my tree yeah people would be like well double take like oh it's a peach with a pit why is there a vagina on your uh, I didn't tell you I'm going into gynecology <laughs> I think it's um, the power source of all women so well not all women not all women have vaginas yes not all women have vaginas but yeah I was just like I mean I'm all about supporting women and supporting vagina owners but not enough to put something that looks yeah. like a vagina on my Christmas tree <laughs> yeah I might honestly I'm kind of thinking about it now I'm like mm, do I want to Vagina, no, Christmas. I put a peach vagina on my Christmas I, tree. Maybe I, I'll buy you one. Do it, and I'll be like, I have like, my vagina tree. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It'll be like the focal point of your tree. Be like, my friend got me this vagina ornament. I'll just like put like it's the only ornament, and it's just like there's a bunch of lights like <laughs> all around Surrounding it. it. Oh. It's like the vagina. Look oh. at the vagina. A vagina Honestly, tree. Honestly, what we should all aim for with our Christmas trees. I think we're all doing it wrong. I think. Why can't vagina be the reason for the season? Vagina is the reason for every season in my house. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, oh. I'm getting everyone the peachy vagina ornaments now. Just, I hope everyone's prepared. <laughs> All friends and family, y'all aren't ready for it, but you're going to be. You're going to be. Oh, my God. 
this episode has this episode all of our episodes just go off the rails it's like you're why are we talking about vagina on christmas trees did you all think that you were gonna get like a five minute soliloquy on vagina christmas ornaments no it's not what you turned in for for this week but it's what you got so what you got you liked it oh you liked it But yeah, so she's talking to Hollis, talking about her dinner with her dad, talking about the fact that she's getting this job now. And um, oh, this is where Hollis explains his tacky graduation gift. Because he's like, oh, did you like my guest? And she's like, loved it. And he's like, no, you didn't. It's terrible. But I just figured everyone was going to give you something like money and I couldn't compete with that. So I was going to get you something tacky. And he said there was ones that said party queen and crazy person. Um, he's thinking about getting her the crazy person one. She can put his photo in that and then she can make her own best of times. And she said, like, this is where Hollis is Hollis. Like, it's a stupid, tacky picture frame. And then he, like, turns it into something deep. He's like, you all have to think about the best of times. Like, they're always changing. So I want you to always be changing that photo out. Like, don't keep the one of me. And she's like, God damn it, Hollis. Like, you made it good. And it I wasn't know. a good gift. <laughs> I know. It went from like a selfish narcissistic gift to like very thoughtful and you're like, oh, yeah. what the hell? Like, we love that. So get on you, Hollis, for that. That's cute. And then here we are. It's her first day at Clementine's and she goes in there and of course is like, great, got to work with Maggie now. It's a little awkward. But, you know, they're all the girls are chill and they're, you know, like, oh, office is back this way. And this is where Anna gets a little judgy about how pink the office is. But, you know, she said, um, adding to the insanity, the very small space was jammed with all kinds of girly little touches, pink stacking bins, a Hello Kitty pencil cup, a bowl filled entirely with lipsticks and lip glosses. Even the filing cabinets, the filing cabinets had pink and orange labels and a pink feather boa was stretched out over across the top of them. And so she's like, wow. And um, Leah says it's like being in the Starburst box, which honestly, the dream. Honestly, <laughs> I don't I don't see what's wrong with it. I think it's great. I love it. I love pink. Why not? I, if you're going to be stuck in an office, is not a fun place to be. Right. Um, if you're going to be stuck in one, make it yours. Make it vibrant. Make it fun. Make it somewhere you do want to be. And it sounds like that's what Heidi did. It's not exactly Auden's thing, which is fine. You know, it doesn't have to be for everyone. But she's like, I can't like thinking here i can't work <laughs> but uh she's gonna have to i guess so she shall get used to it i love um, how all of the invoices all of the invoices go under the bear Auden's like the bear yeah she's like and why a little stuffed pink bear wearing an orange hat that <laughs> they just put the invoices underneath it's just funny the, the important things the important things go under the bear and i respect that personally make boring things <laughs> cute make yes. boring things fun Make some more. Yes, we love. Yeah, why? Why wouldn't you want it? We all have to work in this capitalistic hellscape. Why not try to make it as fun as you possibly can? You know, exactly. Uh, Leah tells her not to worry about Maggie because she's like, you know, she's like, hey, you know, giving her the office tour, and then she's like, an Auden, like, don't worry about Maggie. She's just emotional. Like, she'll get over it. So she's kind of trying to help put her mind at ease, which I think is very nice and welcoming. Yeah. Like, clearly. They are good friends with Maggie, and yet they're still like being nice, being like, "Hey, we know we're all gonna have to work under one roof. Like, don't worry about it. She'll get over it." Yeah. Um, and so that's just—I just feel like that's very nice. Yep, we do get another like I thought of my mother. Um, 
and how she would have judged this office by saying an environment totally ruled by gender stereotypes and expectations as pathetic as those who chose to inhibit it, inhabit it. And it's like, you know what else is really pathetic in living up to societal stereotypes? Being an angry woman who hates other women. That's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And she says, she says, you know, Heidi's office may have been over the top, but her books were actually in pretty good shape the summer before. And she'd worked with that accountant. Like she'd seen some real crazy things. And so she's like, you know what? Like she is, she is good at business. Like she is a good businesswoman. which again, yes, Heidi, 26 years old, owns her own business and she's pretty damn good at it. So make your office as pink as you damn well choose to. That's what I say about that. And then this is where we get our first dance break. It's 9.01. She's in the office. She's working on the numbers, crunching the numbers. Not my forte, personally, but rock on, <laughs> girlfriend, that you're good at it. And she hears something that she describes, uh, music that was positively deafening. Some disco song with a fast beat, a girl's voice chanting some lyrics about a summer crush over it. In my mind, I know Cruel Summer did not exist yet, but in my mind, it's Cruel Summer, and they are belting that bridge. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what I'm visualizing. Um, and so she goes outside because she's like, there's there's no way they're doing this on purpose, that, that it's this loud. And it is. And they say it's like their 9 o'clock dance break. They do it. It goes on for exactly the length of the song, and then it's like, whoop, music's back to normal. They're quiet, and they finish off the last hour of their shift. I should do that. I should implement I dance breaks at my in my work day i think you should i really think you should yeah. yeah and they try to they try to get her involved they're like employee participation is mandatory and she's like no yeah <laughs> no <like>, okay <laughs> and keep on keeping on yeah she's like this she's like i always wondered how kids could like play games and enjoy simple things and i never could because I was never a kid, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, at the end of this, um, well, I guess, yeah, kind of toward the end of this chapter, we get a little bit more about the girls. And they're closing up. They're making plans for the night. And Esther asks, where did these Skittles come from? And Leah's like, where do you think? And they're like, ooh, more candy from Adam. And I wrote, more surprise candy? <laughs> I love how that's how Sarah Dustin shows that people like someone. <laughs> like I love surprise it. candy. I'm here for it. Me personally. too. A thousand percent here for it. I love surprise candy. And Maggie's like, he doesn't do it every time. And they're like, uh, it seems like it. And she's like, well, it's just because he's a store goer. And they're like, store goer. Why is store grower a hard thing to say? Store grower or not, he doesn't have to get you something when he goes to the store like he thinks of you. So it sounds like this guy Adam has a little thing for Maggie and Maggie's like too upset still over Jake, which like what's happening right now? Sorry, I'm not going this like there's like something, something on my mic and I'm like, what is that? But like I can't She's making very good faith. I wish you all could see her right now. I just it's like very entertaining. My eyes are like, so bad that I have to like I have to like find the right spot that will let me like look at this. I legitimately thought like a bug or something had crawled up on it because you were like mm. <laughs> no, I just have terrible vision. I don't know what it's going to be like when I'm like 70. I'm going to be like blind, probably. I, like, it's not good. But also, like, things are going to progress, like technology. They'll yeah. figure out how to fix my eyes. Science will science it. It's yeah. fine. Don't even, 
Don't even worry about it. <laughs> or the planet will explode and we'll all die. Explode. One of those two things will yeah. happen. So either way, it won't be a concern. Either way, no big deal. <laughs> um yeah we learn about kind of like what the girls like to do i guess like she was you know like it sounds like maggie likes to go to the um like the jump ramp place whatever likes to go watch the boys do the bikes and it sounds like um uh leah likes the college boys and she likes going to the clubs i think mm-hmm. and then esther likes to go to the tip I and I agree with Esther. There is something kind of nice about having the age thing in common when you are a legitimate teenager. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Also, like, high school girls are always like, college boys, college boys. Yeah. And it's like, honey, sweetie, baby boo. They don't get good until, like, your late 20s. Yeah. Okay? So just don't Seriously. get your hopes up. If you think college boys are any better than high school boys, I hate to disappoint you. But they might be worse. They might be worse. <laughs> they got they're getting that little taste of independence and they're yeah. they don't want that. to date you. They wanna sleep with you yeah. and then never talk to you again. And if my sweet baby niece is listening to me who's just in college now, which she's probably not, but if she is, remember that. Yeah, beware of men ain't shit. Every shit. single time I write her a letter, I'm like, PS, men ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's good words to live by, to be really honest. Is. Um, I really like the name Esther. Is that weird? I know. It's a great name. It is. It is a really great name. I agree. And in the movie, the person they cast for Esther has like such an Esther vibe. Like I just, they did such a like, job. You're meant to be an Esther. Yeah. Yeah. There's some great names in this book. I mean, I love Auden. Like I think that's a cool name, but like, I don't know. Eli just works so well for Eli and like yeah. Esther and I'm like just, I don't know Heidi. Like that's a perfect name for Heidi, you know? Yeah, God, Sarah, your talent it amazes yeah, me it's constantly. Amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So, do they decide to go anywhere? Oh, Adam pulls up and he's like, "Ladies, anyone want to ride to the jump park?" And Maggie's like, "I do," and she jumps on his handlebars and is very relaxed for somebody that's riding on someone's handlebars. I mean, I've never ridden on someone's handlebars, but it doesn't sound super chill. Yeah, I I wouldn't feel safe. No. I also have never done that. That's something that, like, always happens in movies. And I'm like, is that real life? Do people do that? <laughs> I imagine you have to have, like, solid core strength, too, and that's just something I've never yeah. had. Yeah, that's not – I'm not athletic enough to be chilling on someone's handlebars. No, no. No, no, no. no. Um. So let yeah. us know. Have any of you yeah. ever done someone's handlebars? <laughs> Some, oh, I did. Get Are a, you cooler we, than us? <laughs> we did get a message on Instagram this week from somebody who we is love. just listening to who's like a little bit behind on our podcast episodes, which is mm. normal. And um, we have a lot. <laughs> yeah, like I'm behind on all of my podcasts. It means nothing. But she said that she had um, she had headgear when she was a kid but she only had to wear it to bed okay so it wasn't like 24 7 kind of thing interesting right Right. you know what i just learned about is like the things where you like have the you have to twist the lock and it's not it's like in your mouth so you wouldn't see it but it's kind of like and that sounds terrible i was like oh my god that sounds like terrible pain people are like oh it's not a big of a deal and i'm like i i disagree (laughs) no the most intense thing i had was i had the elastics to like yeah same 
I don't remember where my jaw needed to go. I think forward. And then I apologize, mom, because I obviously know that you're listening, that I stopped wearing my retainer in college. I really was doing so good with it. And I stopped wearing my retainer in college. And I feel like all the money that you Mm -hmm. and dad spent on my teeth all went down the drain. And I'm really sorry about that because my overbite is back. But overall, my teeth are still pretty straight. So knock on wood. So that yeah. I got that going for me, but I apologize that the all the time and effort they spent on fixing my overbite. Um, I, yeah, I no, had a wear, wear your retainers, kids. It's important. I wore my retainer religiously until like two years ago when my dentist was like, you're not supposed to be wearing this metal retainer anymore. And I was like, oh. like oh, he was like, you should have oh, stopped okay. wearing that like six months after you got your braces off. And I was like, OK, cool. I got my braces off when I was 16. And I've been wearing this ever since. But anyway. Um, but yeah, they end up going to the jump and does she go to the jump here? No, she's like still all like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go be a lone wolf and drink coffee at midnight. Yes. That's why you can't sleep on That's why you can't sleep. Also Jake like finds her and he's like a total dick. He's like, you're messed up. You know that you're freaking tease, which is like, she's not a tease. She just doesn't want to hook up with you. Shut up. Like, you were a mistake. Yeah. Please leave. Thank yeah. you and good day, sir. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway. Jake. I cannot believe they're brothers in the book. I'm like blown away by that. Yeah. Chapter they six. They are brothers. Chapter six. We start with Heidi having a little bit of new bomb brain. She like came upstairs to ask her something and she's like, oh my God, I completely forgot what I even came upstairs for. Oh, my brain lately. And of course, Auden is like, oh my God, this woman, like Jesus, whatever. And I'm like, cut her some slack, Auden. Yeah. And I know like you were doing a lot of good things for Auden and you're on her side, but like also mentally, could you be a little nicer to her? She has some um, work Because to do. when you're being mean to her you're really just being mean to yourself at the end of the yeah. day so you need to work on that you need to work on some self-love and some woman love but all of a sudden she remembers she's like yes the wave machine have you seen it that's what i came up here for because this needs to go down for a nap if she will go down for a nap i don't know and you know goes on this whole tangent about that and so then auden's like oh my god this ever loving wave machine like we are at the ocean and i would like to listen to the real waves and instead i have to listen to this white noise machine but it is a proven thing white noise does help babies sleep so i get it they are terrible sounding machines though yes but they're so annoying and i know they're great for babies but if you are not a baby they're so effing annoying Mm -hmm. and i understand auden being frustrated because she's at the real beach where she could hear the real ocean and instead she has to hear this white noise machine but yeah babies like it okay it like reminds them of being in the womb what can i say so we'll allow it because they're so cute (laughs) exactly um so she's talking about her new like uh insomniac life in colby because she tried to find a diner but it was no raise and like the servers like gave her dirty looks because she stayed longer than like what it took for her to eat which basically she would always eat like one little thing and wanted to sit there and drink coffee so she kind of stopped going there and instead she goes to the gas grow um which was the closest convenience store and she just like roams around colby like and she says you know it's a small beach town like didn't take me long to kind of go every square inch of it but yeah she just is continuing her insomniac life where she stays up all night and she just goes to the convenience store and gets coffee and that's pretty much her plan yep yep 
When I was in high school, I used to just drive around too. Just drive and drive and drive and drive. When you're in high school, there isn't much for you to do. Like you were given freedom because yeah. you now are old enough to drive, but then you're not old enough to get in most places or do right. most things. So you're like, cool, we can go drive to the Walmart parking lot. Guys, you all want to go meet up at the Walmart parking lot? Okay. Like, right. No. Exactly. <laughs> you can't do anything. So she goes to Clementine's. Um, Esther was technically done and Maggie was coming on, but she says that the girls just kind of hang out there all the time with each other, which is kind of cute. I like that. Um, oh, I do love them. And they just like flip through mas- uh, magazines and talk about boys. Oh, no, they don't talk about boys. The gossip and the boys on the benches in the bike shop across this- the way are-, are also doing pretty much the same thing. And she's like, this is so crazy. She's like, everyone in this town just, like, talks to each other all the time. Like, that's all they do. They just gossip about stuff. And it's like, yeah, welcome to a small town. Yeah. (laughs) That is what people do. Like, don't get a job in a restaurant because you won't like it. Yeah. Um, So Esther says hi to her. Um, Gets the papers for the shipments. And she goes in the office. Um, then she's kind of talking about how she listens to Maggie. Maggie's always talking to customers. She's always like, honestly, she's always like being an excellent sales girl. Per- yeah, personally. she's upselling. Like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. And we respect that, Maggie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she says, here you had the capability to know so much about so many things and you chose shoes and clothes. Leah, at least, seemed smart. Well, Esther, who clearly followed her own beat, was an individual, but Maggie was just, well, she was just like Heidi. Yeah. And I I don't think that there is anything wrong with being just like Heidi, Auden, and I think one day you will learn that. But again, just to stress enough, knowing things about, you could be Elle Woods and know everything about, you know, different, well, this was last year's season and you're going to try to sell it to me at full price when really it should be half price. Da, da, da. That is smart. That is intelligence. And there's nothing wrong with knowing things like that. And just because Maggie is clearly an excellent salesperson, an excellent mind for business is what it really is. And her business just happens to be fashion. Doesn't mean that she can't be smart in other ways. But yeah, she's like, you could be smart or you can know things about clothes. And it's like, why can't you be both? Why knowing stuff about clothes is smart. Like, oh my God, fashion history is fascinating to me. And I like follow like these women on like YouTube or whatever who like tell me. And like, because that's a whole thing you can major in in college. And it is legitimately like these people are so smart. (laughs) smart. And like the things that they know and things I can tell you about history because of fashion history, like astounds me. So to say that, like, being smart about clothes is not smart is so silly. <laughs> it's just silly. But is 100% the work of her mother, who's like, I'm yeah. an academian. I only hang out with grad students who are males because women are silly little frilly things who like wearing pink stuff to go see the Barbie movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know her mother would have turned her nose up at people mm-hmm. getting excited about Barbie this summer. And it's like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, lady. Like, for real? You know? Come on. Live a little. Enjoy life. Mm-hmm. hmm 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 So then at the end of the night, the gals are trying to figure out what they want to do. Leah, of course, wants to go to a club called Tally Ho. The other two girls do not. Esther likes to go to open mic night at this, like, place. Nobody likes to do – nobody wants to do that. And then Maggie's like, well, let's go to the jump park. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, we've known these boys our whole lives. Like, I don't want to go. And – 
Maggie's like, it's fun. Plus, I heard Eli might be riding tonight. So now we get like a little backstory about how Eli doesn't ride anymore. Um, we hear about this man named Abe. That was his best friend. It's in past tense. So we're kind of getting like a little hint that Abe might not be around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says like, you know, it's it's clear that Eli's in like some sort of depressive slump and hasn't really been himself since whatever happened with Abe happened. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, then they leave. So we're getting, we're piecing together. We're getting little puzzle pieces. We're mm-hmm. going to slowly be piecing that puzzle together. Mm-hmm. We're sliding them into place. Sliding them right into place. So by midnight that night, she'd already walked the bar- boardwalk and driven a fr- full loop of Colby. So she went to the gas grill. And Adam and his friend were there. And they like walked up to her in the thing. They talked to her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they introduced themselves, Adam and Wallace, and she's like, I'm Auden. So you can see these guys that are, like, getting their snacks as they do and talking about going to the jump. And Auden's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to the jump. And she kind of, like, follows them to the location. Yeah. And for the most part, she stands like she stays in her car mostly. And then when she does get out, she like kind of hangs in the in the shadows. Um, And she does a little bit of judging of Maggie here saying like, (laughs) of course, Maggie's staring at boys. Of course, she's wearing pink. But then surprise, Maggie gets on a bike and does some tricks. So fuck you, Auden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we love you, Auden, but, oh, but also, we like, love fuck you, you but for like... your, like, judgy thoughts about right, our right, girl right, Maggie right. like that. Right, exactly. Like, look at that. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, so she's kind of just, like, watching in the shadows, and then Eli all of a sudden is, like, next to her. He's kind of just, like, this, like, spooky, oh, just quiet creeps in guy. from the shadows, you know? Yeah. He's just always, he's always out there lurking. <laughs> yep. Just gonna remind you. Yeah. She's always, always lurking. But you're out there lurking. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, you know, if you don't know how to ride. Oh yeah. So then Eli kind of calls her ass out for not being able to know how to ride a bike, and she's like, "No, I can definitely ride a bike." And then she thinks like she learned how to ride a bike once when she was seven with turning wheels, and then she never rode a bike ever again, um, because she wasn't allowed to be a kid. Yep. Like, the bike wasn't even hers. It was Hollis's. I know. <laughs> Poor on. I know. Uh, yeah, um, this this little bit is very funny. I, like, I love how, like, savage he's being. Like, he's not purposely trying to be savage, but he, like, kind of is. Yeah. And it's funny because he's like, you know, there's nothing wrong if you don't know how to ride a bike. Like, it's nothing to be ashamed of, which I think he genuinely means. But now she feels like she has something to prove to him. And she's like, I just, it's, no, I know. It's just, I haven't had the opportunity. And he's like, hmm. And she's like, what's the hmm for? And he's like, you're at a jump park with people <laughs> riding bikes. Like, this is your opportunity. Yeah. And she's like, I'm getting on a bike just to prove to him that I know how to ride a bike. And I just, I don't know. I love this exchange. I just think it's like very funny. It is. It's like, yeah. He's like, it just like, like 
laid back and like kind of chill and he's like if you don't know how to ride a bike it's fine and she's like oh my god i do know how to ride a bike like she gets like very like flustered <laughs> she's like very him. offended yeah and it's like something that he's like you don't have to be offended by like it's fine <laughs> yeah and she's like no I, I i'm not i'm not um but then she decides to leave so she goes back to her car and she kind of stares at him like and she's leaving. She's like, Eli was right where I left him. And from the distance, you couldn't tell any of the people on the bikes apart. Um, but she kind of like watches them until they are out of view. The girl who like doesn't want to get involved with these Colby gossipers and whatever ends up at like the place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think she said the second she heard the thing about Eli, the rumor that Eli might be, she was like, I'm gonna. And then she like runs these people at the gas grow. She's like, maybe, like, maybe I will check on the jump park. Like, she's interested. She wants to know. She is. But she doesn't know, like, how to get involved. Cause again, like she said, like, she's never done this. Like, she doesn't know how to be a kid. She's never going to be a teenager. So, like, yeah. But I think, I think our girl might be starting to learn. And yes. If you enjoyed us ranting so far, just wait. I, the, I'm sure this dad is going to do even more shitty things, and I'm going to get really upset about it. So. Yeah. Same. <sighs> but in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Um, appreciate your community of women that you have around you. And yeah. uh, I don't know. Bye. Bye. Your friends and family. <laughs> vagina ornaments yes 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 yes. (laughs) make sure you're preparing for vagina christmas because that's what we're doing this year 2023 (laughs) vagina christmas we're celebrating it baby we're here we're ready we are ready (laughs) 